Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Well, time to make the donuts. That's the flour. Okay, keep going. Eggs. Slip, slip. Butter. Can I ask you something? Mix it all up. Before we continue. Sugar. Vanilla? What's up? This time to make the donuts thing that you say is in reference to a commercial, correct? Um, yeah. From what, like 1989 or something? It's, you know, once a commercial is out, it's kind of always, if you think about it. You know what I mean? Because I can watch it whenever. So, like, who gives a shit when it's born? I think our audience tends to skew younger. Oh, I see. And I get nervous they don't appreciate your witticisms. Okay, well, okay, so to back it up, this is a wonderful show. We talk about good things, donuts being one of them. And there's a commercial where somebody was like, time to make the donuts. And then they fell into a big fryer (laughs) and died Mm -hmm. for a long time, y'all. And it was on the Super Bowl. So everyone had to see it. And it was live and real. Mm -hmm. Happy Halloween. I could eat a donut right now, though. Could you? Aren't you full from our our dinner, our standard Tuesday dinner? Well, there's always room for donuts. And I think that was another commercial. (laughs) That one had Bart Simpson on it. And he said, don't eat my donuts, dude. (laughs) Um, Hey, do you have any small wonders? Um, Yes. Okay. Uh, My small wonder is um, having you return. Yes. Um, It is kind of a slog to caretake a young child uh, by yourself, as many of you may know. And when Griffin returns, I feel a tremendous amount of relief and happiness. Yeah. That is my small wonder. Uh, Mine is being away, getting drinks with the boys, (laughs) partying, watching late night arena football games. Literally going to a bar and doing karaoke. Oh, yeah, we did do that once. It It was a fun time. Um, but that was just the once, and the rest of the time was work, sweating, sweating, backbreaking work. The good news, mm. though, is that I caught up on This Is Us. Oh, <sighs> so America can finally rest easy. Yes. Um, I'm at my actual small wonder. I'm gonna say is YouTube tutorials. I've been learning about uh different music software and like how all that stuff works, and it's cool to be like, ah, there's this huge imposing piece of software that I have to learn how to use. I don't know how to even start. And then it's like, oh, just literally search anything in YouTube how to do it. And you can find out how to do it, y'all. Are the folks that do YouTube tutorials better than the folks that do travel videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they okay. don't, yeah, there's very little charisma required in a, you know, here's That's how to true. use Ableton Live 10, uh, as opposed to like, hey, I'm going to go to this country and uh, embarrass myself. So. <laughs> Uh, who goes first this week? I believe it's you. I believe it might be me as well. I got two Lillens this week. Okay. I felt inspired to talk about these two things, and then I realized there's not a lot of meat on these bones. But my first thing is picture day. I love oh. picture day. Today was Henry's picture day and uh, at his at his daycare. That was a quick turnaround, first of all. Yeah, so the company that came to do this is the company that I think did my pictures, like, you know, 20 years ago. I think ago. it's just the one company, yeah. And it's called Life Touch. Yeah. And when I saw that name, I just thought, oh my gosh, they're still doing it. Took me on a journey. Yeah, they had the pictures, like the proofs ready to go this afternoon when we picked them up. I feel like I had to wait back in my day. Yeah. 90s kids remember this was you had to, <laughs> like, you would wait like a full six week period and then you would get them all in and like you you'd get, get the them passed physical, out in the homeroom. Yeah, yeah. you get the physical ones and you could like show them to people like trading cards. Like there was so much anticipation. You cut them out and right on the back. I love picture day 
for so many reasons. I like it now as a parent because dropping off Henry today in his cute little sweater, seeing all of his like little friends like a little bit more dressed up than <laughs> usual, and seeing them like have the little background set up with like little pumpkin props. They did, yeah. They were like in the process of setting it up, and all the kids were so excited. They actually yesterday sent home Henry with a <laughs> sticker on his back that said, "Hey, tomorrow's picture day." A literal <laughs> sticker that Life Touch sent out. Like that's a dope marketing scheme. Um, but I, yeah, I also really liked it as a kid and I was trying to think about why I think I could sort of do a a whole segment on like a broader category of just school interruptions, like activities that, you know, are going to just, um, at my high school, like I was sort of tangentially involved in the high school theater program, which is to say I took theater class like every semester, but almost never did any of the plays. But whenever there was a play and they were like ready to put it on, you could just go see it like during a school showing. And then that's like a huge interruption, isn't it? (laughs) That's like a huge difference because school, like regardless of how you feel about it, I was kind of neutral on it is is very monotonous in the yeah, sense that you like know, it's the same thing kind of every day and so any sort of twist on that is that's so a exciting good point because i always thought of it from the perspective of oh the people that had to come to this must be so annoyed um like when i was in band and they would invite the school to watch us perform it was always super embarrassing as a member of the band yeah i was like everybody hates being here but you're saying they're just glad not to be in class it was awesome yeah (laughs) whenever there would be some dude who there was a dude who came and played volleyball so good to teach us all not to do drugs (laughs) this is like the kind of thing i feel like me and and justin travis reference this a lot about like i'm gonna tear a phone book in half so you'll stop using meth or whatever like that was a real thing that people would like come to our school and do that happened at our school too but i was absolutely that day and all I heard about for like the next month was that performance we got a couple of them and uh it was always like you want to do what now yeah we're gonna um I know you're excited to learn about social studies but we're gonna take you in the gymnasium for this period and you're gonna watch a guy do volleyball tricks and it's like okay are you sure it doesn't (laughs) seem strictly educational but if you say so let's get volleyball tricks I'm not sure because volleyball inherently requires multiple people to play so what was this he man could just doing? like hit a shot from super far away like you'd oh. set like a you know a bucket so down they would set up the net and it would just be him out there on well the and then he played three people at a time and like totally beat the shit oh. out of them it was pretty radical and as a result i made the decision to stay drug free yeah. that day <laughs> um except for weed uh is he said he actually said that he was like bump set Weed's fine, by the way. A spike it and <laughs> spike the crystal and all that stuff. Uh, anyway, picture day though is its own sort of kettle of fish because while it is an exciting interruption, uh, it's like a weird thing. Especially when I was like a little little kid. Who are these strangers in the lunchroom? What is that big sheet yeah. of paper with covered in fucking lasers? Hello, that's pretty rad. Can I ask how you felt about your picture day game? So I was. And arguably the cutest McElroy of the three. Wait for the twist, though. Okay. I was, uh, uh, yes, I was the cutest McElroy <laughs> youngster of the three, but I also had the longest spell after that of just complete unphotogenic, <laughs> like just disaster boy. I'm saying, like, I was cute as hell all the way up until. Oh, 
eight or nine. And then like until like 22, it was just like <laughs> I was incapable of taking a photo that I felt like okay about. So that was quite a, quite a, quite a bad dry spell. So those first few years, like I got more excited about it. In high school, it was strictly like, you want to do what now? You want to take pictures? Okay. Yeah. Smile. I forgot how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, those, those backdrops are dope. You did have the lasers. You did have, we had the paint splotches. That was big. Mm. Did a lot of sitting with one knee up on like a step ladder or whatever. See, we didn't do that. Ours were always like waist up. Photos. Oh, interesting. We had props. I had, I held a basketball in one picture, like <laughs> in middle school, like who the fuck are you kidding? I had one, I, I don't know where to find this picture, but I was like in a full blown like denim tuxedo holding a basketball oh. with my knee up on a step ladder. Can like, I ask who is you, that? do you consciously remember your mom dressing you for these things or do you oh yeah 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 yeah. i mean i don't consciously remember it but i do know that that is what happened because if she didn't like i would have worn my like you know usual (laughs) outfit of your tasmanian cargo shorts with like oh even worse dude like a secret of mana snes game promotional t-shirt i got from babbage's that was like an xl like (laughs) too big for my small you know 80 pound elementary school frame uh anyway i just think i just think it's exciting for for like to get the the day where you get the pictures back this was huge for senior photos too like senior photos while i did not feel especially comfortable about mine like i got really into the trading card game of it yeah because it was the assortment because I remember, and this is probably a big marketing technique of the senior pictures, but there was a suggestion that you get multiple looks and locations. Oh, yeah. And I did so that. everybody had like the hand on the on mm-hmm. the face and then the standing in front of something and, you know, and then maybe like a sassy sitting pose and yeah. you would get all three and then you would kind of see which ones were most popular with your friends and what they would take. Uh, I think I only had one because my senior photos were a fucking trip, man. <laughs> it was rough. There was one. I mean, this was in pure like thick hair, Griffin McElroy. Yeah. This is like for those who don't know, I did not get a haircut for... I don't know, man, a decade and a half, long ass time. I just got it thinned out over and over and over and over and over again until I formed this like impenetrable sort of dome of just hair. And it was unsightly. It was so poofy. It was so, so poofy. And uh, yeah, this was like. I think in one of them, I was one of them. Okay. During also, I actually hated this. I hated taking senior <laughs> photos because it was like, what do you like? And it's like, I don't know. I'm into Ben Folds. I like Ben Folds and I play the piano. And uh, I forget what like my other thing was, but they're like, all right, we're going to take a picture of you. You're wearing your Ben Folds t-shirt. We've got this tiny toy piano. You're going to hold it out in this <laughs> hand. And in this one, you're going to hold like a, like a, you know, a PlayStation controller or something like oh that. Oh my gosh, and it's like, Griffin. So that's. You want to capture my essence like that? That's fine. I got away fairly easy because I definitely saw pics of Justin and Travis like with the comedy tragedy drama masks. And I was like, (laughs) nope, there but for the grace of God go I. Um, So yeah, that wasn't great. But taking pictures of school, love that. Club photos, I love it. If you're in a lot of clubs, it's like, I'm not learning anything today. See ya. Um. Yeah, it's like the Met Gala for school, and yeah. it's real cute when the subjects are two and three years old. Holy shit! I remember. I think it was middle school was the first year where they would let you pick a color that would be behind you, mm. and I remember very thoughtfully picking a color that would go with the sweater that I knew I was going to wear. God, like this was the level I was bringing to it. How long have you been a fashion icon? Has it been since birth? 
Oh, I mean, yes. Okay. Yes, I've always had very strong opinions about what I was wearing. Yeah. Um, th- there is. Tell a- us. Tell us about your look right now. <laughs> Describe your look right now. Um. Well, I'm wearing sponsored lounge pants and sponsored socks. Jesus Christ. And sponsored socks and um a a pink hooded sweatshirt I've had for about nine years. It's true. I've yeah. Um, I think you had that before I knew you. And a a shirt, a tank that I got while I was pregnant with Henry. Okay. <laughs> it's so, fresh. It's fresh as hell. So here we go. You got the basic robin's egg blue, green gingham checker pattern, mm-hmm. pink hoodie over a gray stretchy tank top. That's the that's that's and that's the look for yeah. summer 2020. Yeah. What's your first thing? My first thing is uh, oh. I sorry, I just watched you put a soda on the screen oh of your God. iPhone as if it was like <laughs> Steve Jobs' future coaster. <laughs> I just watched that happen and you didn't even make a big deal out of it. You, were you just want like, me to not do this? It's fine. But you like picked up your, your can of beverage to get it out of the way of your notes and you just put it very, there's other places you could put it and you just very casually put it on the screen of your iPhone. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you want me to move it? Let's say no, and I'll see if I can pay attention to anything else. <laughs> um, my first thing is the album Is This It by The Strokes that came out in 2001. You are always talking about this, yes, this album, album and the songs upon it. Yes. Yeah. I. It was kind of the timing for, for a few reasons. First of all, I was brand new in college, right? Mm. And so all of college was kind of going to parties and seeing what people were playing right you know the other thing was the timing of this album made it so like exciting and different than anything else so i was doing a little research because i remember when this this album came out by the strokes would you say 2001 yeah okay and i was thinking like this doesn't sound like anything that's happening right now and so i went online to look and see what was popular in 2000 and it was like Christina Aguilera, Savage Garden, Jessica Simpson. This was when Eiffel 65 came out with Blue. Um, sure. Just I like mean, a lot of like really poppy music, you know, that was very kind of radio um, homogenous, I guess. Right. I don't know. Like, Were the strokes on the radio? Is that the is that the comparison? Because there was definitely, you know, underground yeah. alternative music. No, I'm just saying like the, the biggest, most popular stuff that you like I was hearing at parties didn't sound anything like this. Right. And then I heard the strokes and I was like, oh my gosh, it was the first time in a while, probably the first time since I heard Weezer that I remember thinking like, oh, who is this band? I yeah. want to know everything about them as soon as I heard it. Um, So the strokes released this album. This was their debut album. Um, and it made a whole bunch of like lists, like Rolling Stones. Um, it was number two on Rolling Stones' 100 Best Albums of the 2000s. Holy shit. Number one was Kid A. Oh, okay. You know, understandably. Well, except it's... Okay. When did OK Computer come out? Was that in oh, the 90s? see, you're one of those. Okay. Well, people, a people, album. <laughs> people have very strong opinions about. I didn't know that Radiohead albums. Okay, and a lot of people are like either OK Computer or Kid A. OK Computer is so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Computer. Um, and the story of the band is kind of interesting so they're a lot like more fancy pants than i think i realized because i they, know nothing about they them. come across as real grungy like they it was kind of 
what I saw online was that they kind of ushered in what they called the garage rock revival of this like idea of like rock and roll as like it was popularized, you know, decades right. ago. Uh, but so these guys in the band um, were at like fancy schools in New York. And then one of them went to boarding school in Switzerland and met another of the members in Switzerland. And then they came back to New York and went to the Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, so they're like all like classically trained, right. like a super fancy individual. I was going to say, so they Vampire Weekended it, it, but I think Vampire Weekend strokesed it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing about the strokes is that after the strokes, that's when bands like The Killers and Arctic Monkeys and Jet and Franz Ferdinand, like all these bands. Oh, yeah rose up like, oh, can we do rock and roll again? Great. <laughs> That's interesting. I never thought of them being sort of the progenitors of that mm-hmm. whole sort of every sort of college band that was big when I... That's one of the funny things about our, our age difference is like you were you were into the, the OG shit. And yeah. I, you know, I had yeah. the, the, the carbon copies. So I wanted to play two songs. And before I continue, I wanted to play um, the song Hard to Explain. Um, this is one of like kind of the first songs that really hooked me off the album and gives you kind of a sense of kind of what the strokes are all about. No. Was that so, on this album? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I assume everybody knows last night, which might not be true. Our, I was recently informed that our audience skews young, and so they may <laughs> not know about the Donuts commercial, and they may not know about last night. <laughs> full, full, like, I didn't, I was not super familiar with it until it showed up on a rock band, which is true of most music. Uh, so this album was uh, released in the UK first, and it featured a black and white photo of a gloved hand on a woman's naked backside. What? Very scandalous. Her fanny? Yes. So this is October 2001. And so that was part of the reason the album was released late. The other was that they had a song called New York City Cops that was a little critical of police exactly a month after September 11th. So there was kind of a delay on the album release here as compared to the UK. Um, But yeah, then it it was named Best Album of the Year by Entertainment Weekly and Time Magazine. Uh, It Kind of blew up Pitchfork, gave it a 9.1, hey. which is uncommon for Pitchfork sure. to score so well. And they here's what they said in the review that I thought was really apt. They said, the strokes have struck an incredible balance between the two extremes of rock music, sentimentality, and listlessness. Any sentimentality in these songs' lyrics is countered by Casablancas, who's one of the, the lead singer in the band. Self-reliant indifference and his listless delivery is offset by the band's fervid attack. Yeah. I like that a lot. There's this kind of like like drowsiness to it, this kind of like um I don't know, just this kind of rock and roll like energy. Like they cite the Velvet Underground as kind of one of their big influences, and you can really kind of hear that. So the other song I wanted to play uh is The Modern Age. Um, which is another really good song off the album that you may not have heard before. 
Strokes is one of those bands. I just listened to the whole album again today just to kind of remind myself that I still liked it. Uh, every single song on there is great. Yeah. Uh, I used to go, there were these guys that we were friends with and they would have house parties because they lived kind of on the street in our college town where everybody had house parties and they would just play this album every single time, front to back, every time they had people over. And I just always loved it. I That's was just obsessed great. with it. It was great. Uh, can I steal you away? Yes. Can I sing last night to get us there? Because I've run out of good ideas of how to edit the home improvement song. Okay. It's something like, in, in case you haven't heard it, I did want people to know it's like, last night she said, let's keep getting with more. Can't do they don't understand there it is that's basically how it goes in case you didn't know it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace um there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different <laughs> now? Is factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Can I read you a personal message? Uh, yes, you can. This message is for Julia Small Crimes Gaskell. It is from George Coolstanza. The Portland Mabim Band never got released, so I paid $100 to tell everyone the cool nickname their brothers gave me, but also to tell you I love you. I think we'd be best friends no matter what. You make the best cheesecake, and you make a lot of dogs happy. 
That is a sweet message, and I don't even remember what the show is. George Costanza is really good. George Costanza is very powerful. And you don't think that was you? Um, I God, I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's got Travis energy? It has big Travis energy, <laughs> if I were to guess. Uh, here is a message for Josh, and it's from Lauren, who says, I found out I got a Jumbotron today while we were buying corn dogs and 40s of high life in shoppers, and I got so excited that I spilled the beans. Now we get to be excited about this together. Josh, you are my best friend, the kindest person I know, and the greatest mouse dad ever. Thanks for being there for me always. I don't know why I skipped the always in there. Thanks for conditionally <laughs> being there fun, for me. A fun reveal. Thanks for being there way. for me. Always. I love you forever, <laughs> Lauren. And this is so great. They say, what's your preferred time frame? And Lauren said, whenever is okay. I'm flexible. That's so nice. That is really nice. Whenever Josh needs to hear it, Lauren's going to be here to slap those beans out of her hand. <laughs> I think I may have misread the whole thing. Um, have you ever bought corn dogs at the grocery store? Where else am I going to get them? I don't know that I've ever bought like a frozen corn dog that I have heated at home. I'm not a huge corn dog fan. Yeah, I guess not. But like, so for example, I've bought a frozen soft pretzel yeah. hundreds of times. Never a corn dog though. I wonder, how, what's that cooking process like? Do you know? I don't know. I'm having a little bit of trouble picking up on the microphone because you're shouting down to me from the deck of your super yacht. <laughs> And these corn dogs, now how does one eat them? Are they ears of corn with dog ears do, on them? Do you pay someone to eat it for you as you watch? <laughs> Hello, my name is Tusk Henderson, and I am an outdoorsman. Are you looking for a new comedy podcast? This month's episode of Beef and Dairy Network Podcast has as its guest the wonderful Nick Offerman playing the part of Tusk Henderson, adventurer and outdoorsman. Think about fitting yourself a month's worth of provisions and a half-ton cow into a kayak. So if you've never listened to the show before, this might be a good place to start. I string a bowstring between her horn tips and I can fire a spear off the top of her head and uh, took in some very delicious cod. So if you're after a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network for maximum fun? Download it now. You flip a cow upside down, they make an excellent toboggan. Can I do my second thing? Yes. Again, little. Little bits, but okay. bits that are important to me. Okay. Bits that are so powerful. That's what this show's all about, babe. Peacoat. Yes. Get yourself a freaking peacoat. My I, God, I love a peacoat. I love that one week you brought a light jacket. This is different. Oh my <laughs> God, this is so different though. <laughs> This now is you're so different. Heavy jacket. I have been wearing not just any heavy jacket, a pea coat. Mm-hmm. A pea coat. I've exclusively owned pea coats as like my winter uh like coat uh solution yeah. since I was in like high school. I, I have remember always when had pea a pea coat. became on a thing and I had to get one right away. You had to. It is I'm not a very fashionable person, but when I put on a pea coat, I feel like I'm about to go to the opera. I love a pea coat. It looks so, so good. It looks good on anyone. I've never seen anyone wear a pea coat. It's true. Seriously, I've never seen anyone wear a pea coat where I didn't say like that looks great on you. It's true. 
Uh, I, haven't, I haven't even seen that many bad peacoat. Like, it's hard to fuck a peacoat up. No. It all looks really, really good, and I just always got to get one. I have, I, uh, I actually didn't have one for a little bit, and on, this year we were in tour in New Orleans, and it was unseasonably cold, and I bought a peacoat at freaking H&M. So it was, you know, like $13 and supposed to fall <laughs> apart, like, after I wore it three times, but it's held up, and it looks great, and it's yeah. from H&M. So it's not even like you got to drop a bunch of bunch of cash on it it's a peacoat it's gonna look really good um it, it keeps you really warm it serves its purpose as a uh, it's not super bulky time. either no that's uh, a big thing with a lot of winter coats is you get that huge puff and like you look like you're wearing a trash bag not with a peacoat. right yeah now i will say i we i did buy a coat like that when we went uh up to a friend's cabin yeah up in, in minnesota uh, in yeah minnesota. you need that kind of stuff you need that minnesota. because it's going to be i don't uh, here's the only thing peacoat can't do it's heavy wool so if it gets wet you're gonna die that's the only. Also, that's the only thing about Pico <laughs> is that if you're in, living in Chicago and there's snow on the ground like nine months out of the year and it touches the snow and gets cold, you die in it because it keeps it in you. It's and like also a with with like a puffy coat, you get that vacuum seal around your around your wrists and your waist. You don't get that with a Pico. Yeah, that's that's all right. But the, the, also, the, I don't actually necessarily love. The puffy coat warmth. I kind of get sweaty. Too much. I get a little sweaty in there. I get a little baked potato-y. Yeah. Peacoat, I can open it up. I can do whatever. What I really like about a peacoat, this was my style when we were just on tour up in uh, up in Philadelphia and New York, is that it was pretty cold, um, except for like we'd get to wherever we were going and then it would be kind of yeah. hot. I could wear a t-shirt underneath the peacoat. You can wear short sleeves underneath the peacoat. Peacoat's going to be fine. It's going to dress you up to that. And it's going to step it up. It's going to step it up to that next level. And then you show up to wherever you're going, take your pea coat off. Now you've just like dropped it down a little bit and you're casual whole, with your friends. I have a whole montage in my head of you in your hotel room wearing like a t-shirt and looking at your long sleeve shirts and then looking at your pea coat and then just like getting wild eyes and thinking, I don't have to wear a long sleeve shirt under this at all. I love that realization. It is so freeing. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what also is like my number one jam. I don't actually necessarily have a great combination for this now, but living in uh, Cincinnati and Chicago, like every time I left the house, you know, I was wearing a hoodie under the peacoat. Uh-huh. So bohemian. Yes. With the I love that look. I, I fucking love that. I look, discovered man. that look in Chicago, too. Yeah. Of wearing the hooded sweatshirt under a coat. And then like a beanie on the head and a scarf and gloves. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. It's so good. That's good fashion. Because in Chicago, it's never you get inside the place you're going and you're like, ooh, now it's too hot. It's still like, it's still pretty cold in here. So I do need the hoodie on. But then if it is too hot, take the fucking hoodie off. Griffin lives for cool weather fashion. I will say this about you. I I feel like you always dress like it's a little colder than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And whenever I put on a sweater, for example, you get so excited i do i you love, love it on you i love you in a sweater <laughs> i do i can't deny it it's coming up it's about to be all sweater time yeah. you're gonna be wearing a sweater and uh-huh. then, like one day like we're going to be chilling on a saturday with like maybe a window open and maybe uh got a crock pot of chili going yeah and i've got the sweater on and, and you my, got a sweater on. my little cheeks are rosy oh i can't wait man i can't wait <laughs> 
<laughs> big buttons are great. I like the big collar. That's fresh. So many pockets. Oh, my God. So many pockets. Oh, like on the inside? I got one on the inside. On both sides, you can get the slit pockets, like oh. the vertical pockets, and then the horizontal deep, deep, deep pockets. Mm-hmm. Love a Pico because, like, you know, it gets to be middle of February here in Austin, and now it's summer. I hang up the Peacoat in the closet. Come October, I get the Peacoat to put it back on. Oh, what's that? I've got some fucking... You know, some Mike and Ike's in there. Maybe you got an iPod Nano. Maybe you have an iPod Nano (laughs) or an iPad Mini because those pockets are so dang big. Uh, Anyway, uh, the Peacoat. The Peacoat has military origins, as you might imagine. You look at it, it's kind of a military cut. Yeah. Uh, They would wear this in the uh, Navy. The first time it appeared in American newspapers was in the 1720s, although it was a European Navy garment first uh, worn by sailors. There's a variation called the Bridge Coat, which is just like a little bit longer. It goes down uh right to uh, the thighs and you know if you didn't want to freeze to death standing on a boat in the middle of the Arctic, like you yeah. would wear one of these dope ass jackets and look super, super cool. Uh, if you were uh, you know a decorated officer, you would wear a variation of it called a reefer which just means that it has gold buttons and epaulets, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I did not know about. Uh, and what's wild is just like how little that style has has changed. No, um, it's so classic. I remember watching Dunkirk and while I was watching Dunkirk, I was like, this is fucking Peacoat City. <laughs> All these chaps are wearing the most beautiful Peacoats. The Peacoat budget for this film must have been like off the chains unless they did like a bulk pickup from H&M. And it still looks like I could grab any one of those off one of these unfortunately deceased uh, Navy fighters <laughs> and stra- throw it on my own body, which one character does in the movie, no spoilers, and look fresh as hell. Yeah. Even though it's from, you know, whenever that movie took place. I think it was one of the World Wars. Probably one, but maybe two. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I love it. I love it. Oh, P, the Peacoat, the name Peacoat. Uh, there is an academic journal of nautical research that's called The Mariner's Mirror, that's, first of all, That's really incredibly nice. powerful. Uh, and in a 1975 edition of the Mariner's Mirror, they tracked the etymology of the term peacoat. Uh, and they, they traced it to a Dutch word, uh, which is peajacker. I know that I'm probably saying that wrong, in which uh, pidge is a coarse twilled blue cloth while jacker is jacket or coat or whatever uh although the u.s navy has their own sort of etymology which is that the cloth that like navy folks used to wear in cold weather was called pilot cloth uh which was essentially the same thing you know twilled uh coarse blue cloth which is you know essentially like the wool garment that that pea coats are made out of uh but because it was called pilot cloth they would call it a pea cloth or pea jacket uh so yeah no one knows for sure history debates it it's just like a formality chameleon, the pea coat. If I go to a nice restaurant, I'm, I can yeah. be like, please hang up my pea coat alongside the other nice jackets <laughs> that the fancy people have brought because that's a, oh, that's a pea coat from H&M. So uh-huh. be gentle with the stitching. It's incredibly fragile because it's not very well made. <laughs> What's your second thing? My second thing is one of those things that when I thought of it, I got really excited to talk about it. Which is um, because it's just it's universally enjoyable. I just said which is, but it made it sound like I said witches. <laughs> How did you guess? Oh wow! No, it's the Guinness Book of World Records. Just the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, not one specific person. Just the whole thing. I mean, I'll get to some people. Okay, for sure. I love it. Um, 
Guinness Book of World Records. Do you remember this as a kid? Like dis- oh, yeah, discovering this existed and thinking it was the best thing in the world. Yes, absolutely. Especially when we were kids before the internet and you couldn't just like look stuff up. This book like held all of the exciting information you really wanted to know. I remember going to Pigeon Forge or, or was it Gatlinburg that has a like Guinness Book of World Records like museum. And it was like a full like tourist trap. Like here's the longest long jump ever recorded. How far can you go on it? And it's like (laughs) not even close because I don't know anything about jumping. Uh, So I want to tell you the origin and then we'll get to some of the good stuff. I'm very curious. Okay. So um, I'm going to say a name and it's going to be kind of a funny name. And so I want you to ready yourself. Okay. Is it going to be funnier than P-Jacker? Because I messed that up. I think. Yes, it is. Okay. In the 1950s, Sir Hugh Beaver. H-U-G-H? Yep. (laughs) I'm just going to give you a little time on that one. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, He was the managing. (laughs) I'm not good. I'm not good. It's a funny name. He was the managing director of Guinness Brewery. And he attended a shooting party with his friends where everyone started arguing about what the fastest game bird in Europe was. A shooting party? Yes. That's a bad party. You know, like they go to shoot pheasants or whatever, and they're all sitting there talking about what the fastest bird is, and they can't decide. But that's called hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever my friends, it it would be deer season or whatever, they wouldn't be like, time to go have a woodland shooting party. Well, shooting party may just be like, we, we, you all stand there, we release the animals and you shoot them. Oh, that's... I'm not 100% on that, but it's possible that that's the distinction. How sporting. (laughs) Uh, In 1954, he developed a uh, Guinness Book of World Records and around the idea that it was affiliated with Guinness because it would help settle pub arguments. I had no idea that it was the the beer. You just thought Guinness, that was just a coincidence? It's a name, like, it's a just a word. I never really put it together. And you never, I feel like I've never seen the two of them in the same room. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, so before I get into some of the records, I wanted to talk about some of the criteria. So the way it works, people submit applications to be considered. And right now the waiting period for applications is up to 16 weeks. Huh, okay. And in order to submit a competitive application, what you submit has to be measurable, uh, has to be replicated so that people can break it, um, and can be proven, obviously. Um, and then um, you have to have kind of an awareness of whether anyone in the world has done it better, you know, obviously, if you're going to submit. Do you have to pay also with your submission, I imagine? I did not look into it that far. Okay. So it's a profit um, game. Although I did notice that, you know, so there's a maximum of 16 weeks. Uh, but they said, like, for emergency consideration, you can, like, expedite your mm, application, which makes me think there is you. money that's involved. But also I wonder, what is the emergency situation? Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been on fire for an hour. Uh, and then there are also, there are guidelines as to what is not suitable. Um, obviously things that could cause harm or endanger animals. One of them is excessive eat. <laughs> one's funny given the origins of the book no we don't want anybody endangering any more animals we We figured out what the funnest bird to shoot and kill in the sky is and then that was the last one uh i want to talk about excessive eating okay so now 
instead of saying who can eat the most, it's who can uh, consume a large quantity in a small period of time. Interesting. So the idea is, so for example, let me give you an example. Were people getting hurt? Like, is it a liability thing? I think, I mean, you know, it's a way of endangering yourself. Yeah, sure. So for example, in 2014, uh, Tokuru Kobayashi ate uh, 12 hamburgers in three minutes. Uh, so that's kind of what they're talking about. Right. Short time frame, you know, eat as much as you can. Okay. That's interesting. I, it makes complete sense because I see some of those like man versus food eating challenges and just like it seems like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. like a path for uh, extreme disaster. Yeah. Like if somebody, you know, became very, very ill trying right. to break this record, I think Guinness would feel a little responsible. Yeah. Well, they if- wouldn't because they're a huge, huge <laughs> faceless company, but somebody probably would <laughs> along the chain. Low um, on no, no wasting food. Um, which huh? is questionable. What? They, they suggested that you have to kind of balance how you might waste food with how you would donate, you know, materials okay. to, to so replace. If this is like my Boy Scout troop made the world's biggest bowl of borscht. Yeah. <laughs> then somebody like Sir Alec Guinness would roll up and be like, that's dope. That's dope. Great job. But who's eating all this borscht? Is Is Alec Guinness affiliated with the Guinness Brewery? No, but they probably hired him because yeah, the name. Okay. Uh, they also... Is um, he dead, yes? I don't know. I don't know either. Nobody does. Um, no consumption of alcohol as part of the records. Guys? <laughs> I know, it's complicated. <laughs> what? Well, they don't want people to binge drink and end up in the hospital trying right, to beat some kind sense, of... Right, that makes sense too. It's just like, that's that is... I Except know, for our one thing. very creamy, very dark, delicious <laughs> devil's beverage. Um. So let me get into some of the records here. Oh, boy. Biggest muscles, Griffin. Heaviest? No. I see what you did there. Biggest, strongest muscles is Griffin. <laughs> Austin, Texas. Heaviest carrot, 22 pounds. <laughs> I'm just going to go through these. I'm just going to just shout these out. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I'll holler if there's one I need more. Most M&M's eaten in one minute blindfolded with chopsticks, 20 in 2011. I could, that's Doesn't nothing. that seem achievable? That seems I'm inspired by doable. that one. Is it possible to just stab downward <laughs> into them very sharp with sharp chopsticks? Okay. I, I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. Uh, longest time in plank position, eight hours in one minute. In plank position. Isn't that just laying down? No, that's when you're kind of, you're, you're propped up, like your toes are on the ground and your your elbows are... They should call it something else. <laughs> I thought this was interesting because this was like a competition that was held and the longest guy got eight hours and one minute and he beat out the other guy who only got seven hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> so this dude went hard in the paint for an extra 20 minutes just yeah. to like rub it in? Okay. <laughs> uh, largest collection of Pokemon memorabilia, 17,127 items. Griffin McElroy. I looked at this. That, so this was, was verified in 2016 when they asked the winner, uh, Lisa Courtney, what was on her wish list. She told us, I'm still searching for the Pokemon Center Deluxe Size Tyranitar Plush. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you know what this That's is? That's a tough one. That's a <laughs> tough one. That's uh, going to put Henry through college, this Tyranitar <laughs> Plush I've got. Um Longest Mario Kart marathon is 40 hours, and that's three guys in Iowa City in 2018 all got together. That seems exceedingly doable. That seems like I may have accidentally broken that one. (laughs) Um, There is one 
gentleman who has set more than 600 records himself uh, and currently holds 200 active titles. Oh my God. He is 62 years old. He lives in New York. His name is Ashrita Furman. Uh, his first record was doing 27,000 jumping jacks over six hours and 45 minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot. I've just decided. That got him a spot in the 1980 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, he has broken a record on every continent. Other records include most fire torches lit and extinguished in one minute, fastest mile on a pogo stick, longest time to hula hoop underwater, most arrows broken with the neck in one minute. <laughs> Most arrows broken with the neck. I haven't seen a video, but I have to imagine he's either putting them on his shoulder and snapping them. I mean, he's not doing it long ways because that's, <laughs> that's a good way to Very die. dangerous. That seems like some of those, though, I feel like I could call up Guinness tomorrow. I mean, here's the thing, though. That can be replicated. It can be measured. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying I could call up Guinness tomorrow and be like, hey, just so you know, tomorrow morning, I'm planning on trying to see how many Kit Kat bars I can sit on in one minute. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be like 35. <laughs> so you may want to get your photographers down here for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh the last one I took note of is greatest distance traveled on a bicycle balancing a milk bottle on his head. It's just like <laughs> most yo-yos yelled at in five minutes. <laughs> um, one I personally found mind-boggling. So um, heaviest triplets. Hmm. This this happened in, in, in the great country of the United States. Three triplets, one was eight pounds, nine ounces, one was seven pounds, five ounces, and the other was six pounds, 13 ounces. These are like big old full-size babies in one person. Triplets are usually quite small. Triplets smaller, are usually yes. pretty tiny because they all have to fit in a person. Right. Those are, big, those are big babies. That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of babies. That's much babies, folks. I mean, so for context, Henry was six pound, nine ounces. He is smaller than the smallest baby in that, than that, that group of three. We're talking about having fully, if I'm doing the math right, about 22 pounds worth of baby inside yes. you. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> rough stuff, man. Um, there, there, If you go to their website, there's a lot more stuff on there. It's just, it's so fun for somebody that enjoys like statistics and and facts and like, and, and just oddities. This is like everything all in one. Yeah. And so good. Look out for me. I'm going to go do how many napkins can you, how many paper towels can you pull out of a paper towel dispenser at the Austin airport? I'm going to do that <laughs> one tomorrow. Looking forward to it in one minute. So going to be great. Uh, you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes, please. Well, I will do that once my computer unlocks. They're talking about, Allie specifically is talking about, uh, my small wonder is that our two and a half year old daughter has started saying, it's just farts, all exasperated, <laughs> a la Jerry Gergich, whenever I ask if she pooped. <laughs> That's perfect. That's good. That's really good. Henry started to acknowledge that he farted when I asked him if it's a poop, uh, and he hasn't necessarily landed that Gary, Jerry Gergich yeah. like cadence. Yeah. Um, but There's he does say time. he There's does say time. he does say fodded, which is great because he sounds like Ben Affleck. He sounds like <laughs> he sounds like fucking Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, fodded. 
Uh, Lauren says, hello, my small wonder is finally getting past a difficult boss fight in a video game after being stuck on it for a while. The feeling of accomplishment is great, and the game usually rewards you with cool new stuff, making it even better. Trying to think of something that you would find. Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, he's one. He's one. I don't know that Dr. Robotnik gives you this sort of soul satisfaction. Like I mean, when you, you hit jump him with your head, head a, you hit him with your head a bunch of times and he blows up. That's true. That's pretty great. <laughs> Did you ever do that? And then you were like, oh, and now I retire on top. I mean, I never beat Sonic, so I never felt I like, never did either. You know, that was one of those games where you just start at the very beginning every time. And it was so fast. It was very fast. I want to leisurely shoes. stroll. Fast shoes. Give me a, a bonk. Any day of the week. You know, know what, what I mean? I don't know what you're talking about now. Give me um, a Mario anytime. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, that's all I have for submissions. And I do want to say thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And can you give out the email for our submissions again? Yes, it is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com, I believe. Yes. I'm going to double check that while Rachel extols the virtues of maximum fun. Thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting our show on the network. That's MaximumFun.org. You can find a lot of really great shows there, um, shows that are comedic and also shows that are informative, uh, like Bullseye, for example. Great, great interviews on there. Beef there and Dairy Network. great is, one oh. with David Diggs recently. Oh, yeah. I still haven't listened to that one. Uh, Beef and Dairy Network is also very good. I think we're doing a promo for them, and it Mm -hmm. it made me laugh. Anyway, uh, it is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. So hit us up. Yeah. Go to McRoy.family. Got all kinds of stuff. We're working on some merch. We're going to have some merch. Do we have a projected? We do not have a projected date. The gears of, of... of merchandising grind i got to see like a like a mock-up and i was very excited about that yeah we'll let you know we're looking forward to it uh anything else that we need to say that we need to talk about anything you want to get off your chest let's do our usual just sort of like venting the Mm. you know the the rage because it all can't be smiles and rainbows and Mm. you know thick dogs Mm. all the time sometimes rachel and i are filled with just inky vitriol and now let's just start spewing it out so you start uh i'm real mad that they're only releasing one episode of great british baking show a week yeah because we watch that episode and then we have to wait a whole week and that really grinds my gears really fucking tear them apart i i I ate a little bag of doritos today like a fun size bag i haven't done that in god knows how long and there were only like six of them in there Six chips in there? Six freaking chips. Mm. And you know how expensive food is at the airport. What's up, though? So. But it's so good. That's how they get you. It tastes good and it's convenient. That's how they get you. That's right there. And the Doritos did taste very good. Mm. Cool Ranch, right? Cool Ranch. Damn it, we're doing the show again.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.